There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. It is holiday season, and today I am celebrating my favorite holiday of all. We have lights around the house. And we have a manger scene set up whereby I teach little Emmanuel about Jesus' birth. We got the Christmas books out of the attic last week, and Emmanuel loves reading and singing a partridge in a pear tree. Papa loves the Berenstein Bears Christmas. Yes, it is a festive time of year. The days are getting shorter, but I see wreaths on people's doors and candles in the windows. New Year's is a big day from my wife's culture, so we're planning for that. Of course, we know about Hanukkah, and somewhere, somehow, I've heard of Kwanzaa. But today, I celebrate my favorite holiday of all. And that, my friends, is Resurrection Day. No, I haven't lost my marbles, or my sense of seasonal direction. And yes, I love Christmas carols and Christmas concerts at this time of year. But I celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every day of the year. In my house, as a person descends the stairs, they walk under a photo that was taken in Israel. It's a photo of an empty tomb, and the words underneath declare, He is risen. You know, billions of people have been born, but only one rose from the grave. A few were raised from the grave, but they returned. Only one rose in ultimate victory and power, which will last forever and ever and ever. Today's cup of good news is a story of life out of death. David Chibia is from Zambia, Africa. And from the very beginning of his life, he was introduced to the ways of death. All right, uh, my name is David, David Chibia. I grew up in a family that never knew the Lord. My family was not a Christian family. And my family was uh, in idolatry, or the worship of spirits. So, uh, growing up, I remember my, my grandmother and my mom. We had some images in the house, uh, man-made images that were right in the house. And I remember many, many times my grandmother uh, teaching me to kneel down before them and uh, to say certain words to them every night and every morning. In the family, when uh, 
back then in the family when when you were sick like when i was sick or somebody was sick we believed that uh, it was the work of the gods like we had done something to the gods therefore you know they were coming on us with a disease or a death somebody died in the family we believed that and you know you would uh, kill an animal to give that as a sacrifice to appease you know to appease them was to to, to tell them that we are sorry about it and you know uh, forgive us about it and, and stuff like that so when my mom was pregnant for me and they would do their sacrifices at night i don't know why they did that but they would do that at night so when they are worshiping their uh, their idols and giving sacrifice then i was born in the in the midst of, of their worship that that's what i was taught so because that was a case then i was given uh, a name related to one of the gods so in, in some form, I was considered to be a special child. So I was like, oh, okay, that's how I got that name. So here's a young man whose family is rooted deep into idolatry. So much so that on the night when they are having a worship night for these demons or whatever they are, and a baby boy is born, the family names him after one of these gods. And it's a bizarre name. Actually, he didn't tell me what it was. But he told me he had always wondered about his name. He didn't know anyone anywhere that had this name. But he was not allowed to question it. He was told that if he questioned his name, he would anger the spirits and they would get him. <laughs> kind of like a real-life boogeyman. But what good were these false gods? I mean, his father abandoned him before birth. His mother died when he was 10 years old. Yet, when there is no light, when there's no exposure to God's word, then is there darkness. There's no knowledge of the truth. In fact, bitterness filled this young man's life until he heard. So growing up, you know, I was, I was, I'm introvert most of the time. I don't talk much. So growing up, that you know, that introvert was, I would say it was worse because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have friends. I, I didn't talk much. I didn't communicate much. So there are a lot of things that would happen that I want, you know, most of the times I would want to talk about, you know. Uh, but so like like I mentioned in studying, uh, coming from that kind of a background, um, one of one of the days. A very good friend of mine, he's, we're still friends right now. He invited me to a crusade uh, one, one evening. Well, you know, just going to a crusade was just one of those things that, you know, just let's do, just go and have fun with friends and meet new friends and stuff like that. So um, I went there to the crusade with having in mind that I would, you know, just meet friends. And then they, they preached. I loved to, before I even came to know Christ, I, I, was, I was still seeing, I'd love to sing. Now, most, most of the time, I, those who knew me when I was young, they were still telling me stories that I was, I don't know how old I was, but I would sing songs to my mom when, whenever I missed my mom and stuff like that. So, so when they, on the crusade, they'll sing songs and I'd, I'd pay attention to the songs and stuff like that. But when the preaching comes, you know, just get along with my friend and stuff. So the, the preacher started preaching from Joshua chapter 2. He talked about the story of Lehab the prostitute and how um, uh, 
uh, how uh, the the land of Jericho came to be in the spy came to to spy the land, and uh, when the destruction for Jericho came, her family was not destroyed. I don't know how he tied that to uh, he tied that to the sermon, but I remember him saying, "The grace of God is sufficient to save anyone. It doesn't matter how wrong you have stayed in sin, but God is faithful and just to forgive." You know, I had my own, my own things to do at that process, so I was like, well, I just, you know, let me, let me, pay, let me pay attention to what he's saying, you know, I, I started thinking. At that particular time, I was going through some rough times in my in my life. So my, uh, at that time, I had uh, unforgiveness issues in my heart and some pains that I'd gone through growing up. So my, my dad, I was taught that my dad, uh, divorced or went on a separation with my mom when I was two days they separated because uh, my dad was a drunkard guy and a violent guy towards my mom so he would he was you know he was in the military then in Zambia so he would uh, use uh, you know his uh, his military like military titles you know to oppress my mom most of the times and beat her up and uh, and all that stuff. So when I was told those stories when I was growing up, most of the times those those stories affected me negatively. And one of the things that I wanted with passion to do was to revenge my mom's death. Growing up, I would, I would think if my if my father was going to be around in my life, probably my mom was going to be alive. That's that was my thinking because I thought. Uh, the death of my mom, my mom was caused much by, I'm sure she was, she was going through some certain things, maybe, I don't know what, what happened, but I would attribute that to my father. So then the hate for my dad continued to grow, and that continued to even to reflect affecting other, other people surrounding me. I was really struggling that night, I remember I was really in, 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 in pain, and, and then he said, finally he said, God is able to set you free and to heal you from the pain that you're going through. And that became so strong on me and I was like, I continue struggling with it, you know. For years I've struggled with that pain. And most of the time struggling with that, such kind of hurt and pain, uh, deflect, you know, uh, getting it on other people surrounding me and stuff. I didn't have other relationship, good relationship with friends and friends. I have terrible, I had a terrible, I didn't have good friends. So, you know, at that point, God really worked on my heart just during that time. And, you know, I was just thinking, if I, I know where this whole thing is going, if, if I receive Jesus Christ, like this, uh, this pastor is saying, it means my mom, my dad is going to go free. But I, I really want my father to pay for my mom's death. That was very passionate. I was really passionate about it. I, I never joked when it came when it came to that. That that was one of the things that headed headed me so much. That was to see my my mom at whatever point is her life. You know, that's what I thought revenge or something. So I said, you know, if I receive Jesus Christ. Then my dad is just going to go like that. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. 
Uh, the preacher continued preaching, you know, and then I don't know how God did it. Then uh, he got hold of my heart and I received Christ that night. For the first time in my life, I felt a peace that I've never experienced in my life before. I felt like something heavy on my life was lifted. Like I felt, I felt a person again. I, you know, my mind was just—I I couldn't believe what was happening to me at that point. So most of the times when I grow up, you know, I sometimes I think life doesn't make really sense. Most of the times, I, you know, I think there's no much to life, you know. Just like my mom died, probably also died some other time. So there's not really not anything good to it. But at that point, I started feeling the uh, the feeling of being worthy that really somebody loves me. You know, growing up, nobody giving me attention. When you wanted to cry, nobody was there to tell you that you, it's okay to cry. When you wanted to talk about some things, as things happening in your life, nobody was there to say, you can talk to me. So growing up in that was, was really tough for me. And knowing that somebody loves me, you know, I just have, I started feeling that, that uh, feeling that you know, I'm, I'm worthy of something. If somebody, there's somebody who loves me, then, then I'm, I'm worthy of something. So uh, then, uh, whatever God did in my life, I never worshipped idols anymore. I went back home, and you know the idols were still there. My grandmother still worshipped idols, but I never participated. Yeah, so that's how my life changed. I started going to church. That's when I started growing, my friend. And um, my pastor helped me to go into discipleship. Started discipleship, and uh, I saw God changing me. And then in 2009, that's when. I had the passion of serving God as a pastor, and I really, really wanted to to learn the Word of God. I, I preached some, taught some in the youth, but you know, teaching without the understanding of the Word of God. I want to break in here again, and I hope you caught what he said. He said he had a longing and desire to serve the Lord and teach God's Word, but he didn't know it very well, didn't do a very good job could open the Bible, read, say things about it. And you may have heard that Christianity in Africa is a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, this story illustrates that a little. David was lost and living in darkness with a raunchy name, but when he heard that God loved him, his attention was arrested and his heart was turned toward a loving, forgiving God. But teaching the word of God? Hmm... That takes some training. In 2006, Gospel Inc. began building a Bible college. A Bible college in Zambia. The same country where this young man David lives. The same David who wants to be trained as a pastor. <laughs> Do you see where this is going? Today, the school is called Ambassador International University. So one day my pastor... Pastor Davis Nyaka 
He was the Gosforin national director for Zambia. And he said, you know, I've seen that God has called you for into ministry. One day, he actually called me, come, come home. I went to his home. I found him with his wife. He said, God has told us that he has, he has called you for ministry. You know, I, I, I didn't know by then, but I would have the passion of teaching, uh, talking about the Word of God and things like that. So when he said that, I was like, well, let me pray about it. I went home, prayed about it, and he called me again. What, what, what do you think? He said, you know, I love to teach the Word of God. At some point, he would give me some time to preach and stuff like that. Then the desire started growing for me to, to, to learn more about the Word of God, to learn more of how I can compose uh, songs that are Christ-centered. And uh, so when he told me that there is a, a college that is offering free education, it's a Bible school, I was excited about it. You know, I said, what can I do to, to get into this school? I want to do that. So it's very simple. Uh, he got me the documents, I signed those documents, and wrote my, my testimony. But one challenge that I had was, uh, one of the qualifications to go to, go to um, uh, Ambassador International Universities, uh, your parents have to to write you a recommendation letter. They have to recommend you. And then I went to my uncle. My eldest uncle didn't, didn't, didn't want to do that. So I said, you can go to any other school and make money for yourself. Going to a Bible school. Well, actually, you don't even have a pass in your family. What are you going to get from Bible school? He said, this is what God wants me to do. I feel God wants me to serve him in, in this capacity. That's where my heart is. He talked to me out of it. You know, at some point, I think it was, it was 2012, uh, the government, my our government offered a scholarship. So it was like 50% by then. So I went to school before I went to AIU. I went to school, it was like a year, like a year school. I did trade certificate in computer studies. I had that experience. It was a good experience to me, first time to be introduced to a computer, 2012. But my heart was always wanted to go to a Bible school. So just get ready and stuff. I'll do I'll do the all the documentation. Then I did that. Then I was called for my interviews. When they did the interviews, Mr. Rush Names was the one who was interviewing my uh, who interviewed us. Was interviewed. And then 2014, I was called to go to school at AIU. I went to school at AIU with, with a passion of knowing more about the Word of God. Most of the times I was challenged with, you know, different uh, things that I've heard uh, from different pastors. That I listened to a lot of pastors when I was, you know, you know, before I went to the college, I listened to a lot of, a lot of things that different pastors preached. And a lot of things in my first year was a struggle, not a struggle of leaving school, but a struggle of my doctrine was challenged. God challenged me with a godly man, challenged me uh, about marriage. I was, I'm, I'm also passionate about marriage. Reason being is that for me, growing up, I've never, I've never seen a godly marriage. I've never seen a marriage that will show you how to live, how to love your wife, how to cherish your wife, and how to serve your wife. For me, I've, I've never seen that. So 
well, those were, were one of the things that, you know, went to college, the Ambassador International University. The Ambassador International University shaped even our marriage. Uh, I, I don't do marriage like like my family do it. Uh, I don't have I, I don't have a problem saving my wife. I saved my wife. I'm excited. I was really excited and I'm still excited about my marriage. And then I'm excited about teaching other people what biblical marriage should look like. There's one course in my senior year uh, taught by uh, Ron Hofer. He's from Nebraska. He taught us the uh, family life. That course changed everything about how I looked at marriage. So there, there are a lot of things that changed. My first year was a struggle. My uh, my doctrine understanding of scripture being, you know, uh, challenged. I thank God that happened, and I thank God that you know He worked in my life to be able to search the scriptures. The title of this episode is Changes in Zambia because David Shabia had a change of name. You just heard him say how his view of marriage changed. He changed because Jesus saved him. And now he's trained to teach others so there can be more changes in Zambia. I hope you caught what David said about his Bible college education. He said it was free after he passed the interview, but that doesn't mean it didn't cost something. The buildings and books and infrastructure of Ambassador International University exist because churches and individuals in the United States believe that we are commanded to find faithful people and to teach them what we have learned. They believe this enough to give. And though they had never met David, they believed that God would bring young men like him. So they gave in faith. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you love God enough to give? He doesn't need your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And we don't give him anything that he doesn't give us first. But I want to end with a challenge. We're beginning a new year. We're growing through what most people call a giving season. Would you sponsor a national preacher this coming year? $40 a month? $50 a month? A full sponsorship is $200 a month. Maybe you would support Ambassador International University. In all honesty, Gospel Inc. is facing a shortage which will cause a reduction in our efforts to train more people like David. Now we believe that's in God's hands, but we also believe that he might want you to get involved. Call our Gospel Inc. office. The number is 434-485-7007. That's 434-485-7007. You can email me, ask me a question, discuss it. Dean at cupofgoodnews.org. That's dean at cupofgoodnews.org. 
You could be a part of changes in Zambia because God is changing people. <laughs> and that, my friends, is good news.